Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me today is a friend of mine who gets me my drinks for free, and he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke, but there's some place that he'd rather be. Nice one. <laughs> I love it, Zach. That, of course, would be John at the bar. Yep. Yep. Um... You know, I really tried yesterday when I was coming home to think of an intro for you coming back from New York, which we're, of course, going to talk about. And I thought for like two minutes and I just got frustrated and gave up. (laughs) So it shows how much cleverer you are than I am. I mean, not really, because I just stole someone else's That was just lyrics to the piano, man. (laughs) Yes, but it works because it's literally the verse about John. Yep. Oh, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I used that one. Yeah. Oh, nice. Have you ever heard the uh, fan theory that Piano Man is about a gay bar, and the guy singing is the only person there who's not gay and doesn't know it's a gay bar? So it's like this guy gets him his drinks for free, and, uh, you know, he's talking to Davey, who's still in the Navy and probably will be for life. And there's like a uh, stereotype about the Navy being yep. gay. And all these people are like, <laughs> just Zach's canceled him. for calling the Navy gay. <laughs> it It is. You're on a boat with a bunch of dudes. It's not <laughs> disparaging. It's just gay. <laughs> I've heard gay people say the Navy is gay. Um... I have never heard that theory before, but but I'm going to have to listen to the song again and give that one a thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's more to it. There's like other lines that people have picked out where it's like hmm. it becomes increasingly clear that everyone there is gay and that this is just like some beautiful himbo who's playing the piano who thinks he's just in a regular bar. Wow. So this is not a theory. This is a fact. This it, is what the song is about. Yeah, it just took people a while if to figure it out. If we Billy Joel, he, he'd be like, yeah, it's a gay bar song. My uncle, Billy Joel is his godfather. He actually knows him. I could <laughs> maybe figure this out. Please don't pester Billy Joel with, the, with that <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't know. Or do. That would be quite the scoop. For the first read Ultimate Spider-Man pod. I'm going to text my uncle right now and be like, hey, uh, do you know, does Billy Joel like Spider-Man? <laughs> Is he free anytime? Yeah, for a quick minute. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a get that would be. Yep. Okay, Zach, we've all been waiting to hear for like two weeks. How was New York? Tell us all about it. Oh, man. So, well, first of all, I guess I went to Newark, not New York. So That's in New Jersey. I'm just kidding. I oh did not. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have had wow. Yeah. I told someone once that I I flew into Newark and they were like, "You mean New York?" and I was like, "No, Newark, it's its own city, but you can get to New York from there." And they thought I was pulling their leg. I was like, "No, it's it's a real place that just sounds like the other <laughs> real place." New York was good. Um I liked it. Uh going in winter is definitely a cheat code. Like, there was almost no crowds. Um, play tickets were half price. 
got to do all the museums and stuff. It sucks if you're outside, but like, just don't be outside as much as you can help yeah. it, and it's fine. And it Did was you guys cold. Go ice skating at Rockefeller. We thought about it. I actually am afraid of ice skating. Shiloh really wanted to do it. <laughs> I have a fear because I'm bad at roller skating. I think I'm gonna fall, and then someone is going to skate by me with their blades and run over my fingers, and I'm gonna lose Dude, my fingers. I I strangely have a very similar fear. I have not ever been ice skating except for like when I was very young. When I would go, when I was in high school and I would have like friends that would plan like group ice skating things, I would always like just not go to those things, you know, for some excuse. And even now when the students do like an ice skating thing every year, I chaperoned and I, and and I never got on the ice once. I was like, no, I'm just not going to. I just don't want to. And this year I was like, I don't need to go. I don't ice skate. Other people can go if they want to ice skate. But yeah. I'm the same way. They're too sharp for me. I know. Is it specifically like your fingers? I like. I'm not afraid of losing any other appendage ice skating, but I just already can see I'm going to try and pick myself up off of the ground, and my fingers are going to be on the ground, and then someone just goes by and I lose them all. You know, I'm just a. I think (laughs) (laughs) because it's all of it. I don't want to fall and bust my head. And I don't want to get cut by a skate. Yeah. Um, yep. So <clears throat> didn't ice skate. Did a lot of other stuff. It was cool. Nice. I nice. like looking up at the buildings and like imagining, <clears throat> okay, could Spider-Man actually swing here? And I was really disappointed in Brooklyn because, you know, in Manhattan, even when you're in a place where the buildings are short, they're at least like four stories. You know, there's apartments up there. In Brooklyn, you see actual houses or, like, two-story buildings. And you're like, Spider-Man would not be in any of the outer well, Spider-Man boroughs. doesn't Spider-Man in Brooklyn, right? Well, Captain America's from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn, but uh, Queens. Queens yeah, is Spider-Man's another example. From Queens. He's from Queens. Queens doesn't get significantly taller than Brooklyn. Like, if he can't get around one easily, he can't get around the other. I think in the outer boroughs, Spider-Man would be like running and jumping and then maybe using his webs to like slingshot. I don't think he'd actually be swinging. So that's always disappointing to see. Okay. Well, so what was uh, your favorite part? That's a classic OPAT vacation question. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I'm going to say like for touristy things, the view at uh, the One World Trade Center was pretty cool. You could see... Statue of Liberty and all the bridges and Midtown and downtown. Um, That was fun. But then we saw a play that was like off, off Broadway and is actually even ending this year. Um, It's called Sleep No More. And that was like the highlight for me and Shiloh. We uh, that's a Doctor Who episode. Probably not based on the same thing. It's yeah. It's so it's a line for Macbeth. It's a uh, kind of a retelling of Macbeth, but like in a noir 1940s alfred hitchcock kind of way and it's not a regular play there's no seats the audience participates it's like you come in and they give you like a phantom of the opera type mask and they say you have to keep it on and you can't talk and you have to lock up your phones and uh they have like a four or five story warehouse where they've made every single room like an immersive room experience 
and the cast members, there's like 10 or 15 of them, they just walk from room to room and it's all on like musical cues. It's amazing. Like they'll know, okay, I do this scene by myself where I'm like musing at a painting or something and then I'll do some interpretive ballet and then that scene ends and I run down the hall and I'm going to perfectly, it's going to sync up with another character running down the hall and then we interact and we do our scene together and it's like, choose so your own adventure. you see all of the things that were happening at once? No, you literally choose a character to follow for a little while and you go and you watch them move around and you like get their, like part of their story and then you see someone else and you do part of that and then it loops a couple of times and you'll be like, I've seen this scene before, but when, you know, before when I followed Macbeth out of the room, now I'm going to follow Lady Macbeth out yeah. of the room and see where she goes. Oh, and that's interesting. I always like that kind of stuff in movies. It was, it was incredible. And I hate that it's ending, but like, I guess their rent just keeps going up. And uh, so they did like 10 successful years. Capitalism. Yeah, it sucks. If you Man. have a chance, listeners, to see Sleep No More before it ends in March, I would so highly recommend it. I'll just probably read the Wikipedia. It's pretty underground. I got yeah. I there's you can't get the spoilers from online, but they sell a book at the end, uh, like in the gift shop, and we bought the book and we're excited to flip through that. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, that's, okay, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So that and was then, the best thing. Well, I also I went on like a three hour walk all by myself, like through mostly through Central Park, but then also just kind of wandering. And I felt like Holden Caulfield in The Catcher in the Rye. Like I was just I was just walking around and like in my own head as the sun is setting. And I was like, ah, oh, yes, I'm so connected to this city. These are my people. I'm oh such a New gosh. Yorker. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I right. some tourists in the right direction they're like <laughs> pointing towards harlem and they're like excuse me is columbus circle that way and i'm like oh no buddy you're gonna want to go south <laughs> that felt so important that was cool and he said that having no idea where columbus circle is <laughs> no i was right just answer with confidence i was dead ass right i <laughs> if he had asked me something else i wouldn't have known but i was like Oh, let me tell you, I'm the guy to tell you where Columbus Circle is. <laughs> yeah, buddy, I know where Columbus Circle is. That's my New York accent. That's the best, yeah. that's as good as I can get. Mine's just, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> oh, webheads, I'm so sorry. I'm getting over a sickness, so you're going to hear me coughing a little bit today. Yeah, what'd you call I it? I my throat or anything, but... You, you know. said it was the man flu? I've got the man flu. As opposed to like the You've never heard that term? Woman flu? No, I've never heard that term. That's like, well, you know, every woman who's probably listening has probably heard that term. And, but if they haven't, it's that's like the term for when a man gets sick and they're like a baby about it. They've uh, got the man. They don't have the flu. They've got the man flu, you know? Okay. Um, and I, and I am. I am bad at being sick. Like it, it knocks me out. Um, but weirdly enough, Zach, uh, and, and maybe, you know, you can cut this out, but I, I don't want to get political, but a couple months ago I had COVID. Okay. And wow. um, I know so you're canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like back in October. And ever since I had it, 
I've gotten these like little rashes on my hands. I've never gotten rashes before ever, but ever since I got COVID, I've had these little rashes on my hands. They like sort of, they go away. And when I got sick a couple of days ago, they blew up all over my body and it was like the weirdest thing. And they were perfectly symmetri- symmetrical on my body everywhere they, that they were. So if they were on my hands and they were on my, both hands or like both like forearms or both, you know, upper body, like it was, it was really weird, but it started to go away now. And now I just have this little cough. So I'm doing good. So but the listeners will have to deal with it. There Sorry. you have it. I, I went on a fun vacation and John got leprosy. No, it it wasn't that bad. And I got a day off work, so it's really not that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, oh, man, I have to work a full week next week for the first time since December, and that is going to kick my ass. That stinks. I've been that going stinks. in all month, working like four-day weeks, three-day weeks, and I'm still like, man, you know – we the proletariat are just so crushed underfoot by by this oppressive work schedule like weeks five days should be four day weeks is what it should be that should be the norm is a four day work week it's I, absurd that that we only get saturday and sunday off because by the time you have one day off it's already sunday now you're going back to work i genuinely <laughs> agree but i got I know, so I know soft even a three or four day week just felt like cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna come back after a five day week next next week and I'm gonna be like a revolutionary freedom fighter. Yes. Dude, the French know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Was it you that was telling me they were like throwing in the streets or something? Someone no. someone was telling me they were like spraying cow manure in the streets the other week like in protest no i didn't know like that's yeah that's a bit much but it gets the point across yeah i don't you know i'm fresh out of cow manure yeah yeah i'd have to like run to the store and get some yeah and the price these days i know and then you're supporting capitalism which is like defeats the whole point yep um well should we get into it? Are you even going to ask me how my basketball team did today? I, I was I'm about a, to ask you if you had anything. Outfit. Yep, John is uh, is in his little um, what's his name? The, my little purple hat. The coach from that show. It doesn't. Ted Lasso. He's in his yep. Ted Lasso fit. Yep. Um, it was the postseason tournament. We were in the final four, and unfortunately, we lost to the same team that beat us in the final four of the holiday tournament. Um, but you know, I've got a bone to pick about this game and about this other team, and there's no one else I can pick it to, so I'm going to share it on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, and here it is in fourth grade. The teams are supposed to be equal for the school, meaning you, there's no A, B, T, A, B, there's no A team and B team and C team. There's just like mixed up teams with the best players and the not as good players, the Zacks on both teams, you know, and this team, they did not separate their teams like that at all. So one of their teams, the other St. Pius team beat 49 to four. And then this team is like the best team in the league by far, you know, because they've got a team full of 
you know, like seven or eight just studs versus ineligible 16 year olds. Yeah, exactly. So it really isn't fair. And it, and it does, it did kind of make the postseason tournament a little bit disappointing, at least for me as the coach, because I knew we were going to win until we got to them. But then it's like, but, but we're not going to beat them because we're outmatched, you know? So we didn't really have much of a chance. Our best player, had his worst game of the year, which was really disappointing because he's been so good all year. Um, but it was still it was still a good one. And the game before that to play them, it was Pius versus Pius, and that was an intense battle. And my team did did pull it out, and uh, but it got pretty heated. Those fourth graders are competitive. Nice. Yep. You should have had your uh, fixed it so that your dad was refereeing this other game, kind of even the odds. I should have. Yep. Darn next, it. Next year. Next year. Yeah, it's something to remember. Um, but it was a good season. We were definitely the second best team in the league, but we, you know, ran ran up against the first best team both tournaments. Yeah. No shame in that. Nope. Nope. Congrats on not. a uh, successful season. Thanks. I appreciate your support through it all. Yeah, I'm really polling for for all the the Zacks getting their Zach minutes. They 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 did. We we had some of our guys got some good shots up, and got some good playing time here at the end. That's good. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah, that is what it's about. All right, you got anything else, man? Um, nope. Let's get into it. All right, here's a word from the Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. And we're back. We are back and uh, quite the hiatus for us. It's been like two weeks. Yeah. Not that anyone else would notice because we're professionals and we get stuff out on time. Yep. Um, So we are in issue 88. We're continuing the Silver Sable arc. Do we remember what happened last time, John? Um, Yeah, I remember all the important stuff, which is like none of it. Silver Sable's looking for Spider-Man for some reason that's convoluted. Her boss is looking for him for some convoluted lady. And she's a sexy lady. And Zach, that's all I remembered about these stories where that Silver Sable is like a sexy lady. And then the very first page of your story has her in like a towel with her chest sticking out. And it's like, oh yeah, that's... That's all the writers seem to know about this story also. In case you forgot, hot ladies take showers a lot. <laughs> yep. Uh, They're yeah, always well, either also, getting in or getting out of the shower. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, so do I. I, I, I just love that hot water. <laughs> um, we also forgot that uh, Flash got kidnapped and then escaped. You know what? I that actually forgot big. it. I forgot about that so much that when I went to put the episode on YouTube and I like looked at what you titled it, I was like, 
spider flash what what is this and i had to like read through my past <laughs> notes and be like oh yeah flash got kidnapped because they thought he was spider-man you're just looking at all the pictures of uh silver sable like oh yeah that's nice something about flash <laughs> <laughs> anyways Issue 88, this one's written by Bendis, penciled by Bagley, inked by Scott Hanna, colored by Justin Ponzer, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. And I already forgot this goon's name. I call him 7-Eleven Man. 7-Eleven Man is standing on his 7-Eleven, like he do. He just loves standing on that 7-Eleven. He's got binoculars. He's looking at Midtown High. And uh, there's a media circus out there. And he says, wow, we are entirely screwed. And the principal is being interviewed by the news and says there will be an emergency meeting that night to discuss school security. And 7-Eleven is asking Silver Sable what she wants him to do. And this is the part where she's looking real good in her little bathrobe coming out of the shower. And she's just like, uh, I'm working on it. She has no answer for him. And no, uh, she's a foot soldier. Why is she getting her own storyline? <laughs> <laughs> she's not. She's the female Nick Fury. She fails upwards. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. We did talk about that last time. Yeah. Um, and Peter, this is where the last issue left off. The cops in the school are like, hey, random bag check. We want to check your your backpack, you know, see if you've got any guns or maybe like Spider-Man suits or whatever. Give us your bag. And he does have the Spider-Man suit in there, and he's, like, freaking out, and uh, he finally hands it to him, and the cops start to open the bag, and we can just see the Spider-Man suit in there. Um, but then, just then, someone yells, Whoa, look at me, I'm Spider-Man! And we see another student in, a like, a Spider-Man Halloween costume run through the halls and distract the cops who start chasing him. And fake Spidey bursts through the main entrance where the principal is being interviewed and unmasks himself in front of the cameras and says, my real name is Mark Raxton and I am Spider-Man. And he starts promoting his stupid band, the Molten Man, and says they're playing Friday night as the cops drag him away. It was good to get a Mark Raxton cameo. Yeah, I thought we were done with him for sure. Me too. Although this is pretty convenient. Sometimes I'd like to see Peter have to get himself out of these jams. You know, very deus ex machina. Yeah. Uh, and Peter runs to the roof with his backpack, but sees the helicopters circling the school and thinks to himself, no, you can't be here. They're watching. The people who took Flash are watching. And then he goes to an alleyway to mope and thinks the jig is up. You were sloppy and it's over. Your classmates are getting kidnapped. Gwen is dead. Harry's gone. It's over. Just bite the bullet and stop being a baby. And so he goes to Aunt May's work and she's like, Peter, why are you here and not at school? And he hands her his backpack and he starts to say, so Spider-Man. And he tells her about Flash getting kidnapped, and people have figured out Spider-Man goes to his school, and he says they were following Spider-Man, and it led right back to me. And John Aunt May looks at him silently for a moment before saying, Spider-Man, I was wondering when we'd get to this, and I really thought she had figured it out. I wish that she had. This is like the 
fourth time I feel like we've had this conversation where Peter has like almost told her, but then she never ends up figuring it out. So I'm, I, you know, I was kind of hoping that we were going to get that where we're now like over halfway through the run. So I thought, Oh, there's a chance that maybe they'll be dealing with this, you know, for the rest of the run, like her knowing about this. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. So she says, sweetie, Spider-Man is a horrible, horrible person, a coward, just a despicable coward. You see that, right? Why, why is she being such a, like, you know, there's a lot of bad words. So we'll just say like mean, (laughs) like Um, what's her deal lady? Well, I mean, we kind of got it in the one therapy issue. Uh, she just feels like she's unsafe oh yeah oh yeah peter has driven her crazy by not telling her that he's spider-man yes (laughs) she's like spider-man's all around me i know it (laughs) (laughs) he's like unknowingly gaslit this poor woman (laughs) um but right here i mean she seems like she could work for j jonah jameson she is going in on spider-man she does not mince words and she Peter looks at her in shock and she says he wears a mask and only cowards wear masks and he hurts people one day and then helps people the next. He So he's just insane. And she tells Peter she's actually been seeing a therapist for a while and she tells him she thinks he's having a panic attack and that's why he came to her work and left school and she tells him not to worry because she won't let Spider-Man hurt him and suggests maybe Peter should talk to his therapist too. And he's just dumbfounded, and he's like, uh, yeah, maybe. And then we see a caption box that says, so you chickened out? And on the next page, we see he's at home talking to Kitty on the phone, and he says, completely. And he tells her he didn't see it coming. He didn't even know May had an opinion on Spider-Man one way or the other. And Kitty reassures him that he'll tell her when the time is right. And she says she was scared to tell her mom that she was a mutant for like a year. And her mom only found out when Kitty fell through the ceiling by accident. And she says, and you know what? She lived. She's dealing with it. Yeah, I agree, Kitty. He should have told her this so long ago. Dude, I just love that he has a a girlfriend who he can relate to about superhero problems. Like this just takes out so much unnecessary time for brooding. Can you imagine how many pages we would have got of him just swinging and like brooding if he didn't have Kitty to talk to? Yep. Like I can't talk to anyone. Can't talk to Mary (laughs) Jane. Gwen's dead. (laughs) We get a little bit of that, but she kind of is good at like nipping it in the bud. She's like, no, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. When he is. And uh, I just got to say, I I feel like Kitty is just wearing like an oversized T-shirt because it looks like the word boxes are covering up what would be either her underwear or a bare butt. And that's absurd. The outfits, the outfits in these issues are absurd. Well, it makes sense if she's just lounging in her own bedroom with the door (laughs) closed. But it comes up later is the only reason I bring this up. It makes um, sense if you're a horny comic book artist who's drawing a lady alone in her bedroom. <laughs> I mean, I I guess. 
Otherwise, people wear sweats, you know? I mean, John, sometimes in the privacy of your own home, it's fun to not wear pants, you know? I never in my life only wear underwear. Maybe that's just me, but I'm either in shorts or sweats when I'm at home 100% of the time. Well, like I said, we don't even know that she is wearing underwear. She might be Winnie the Poohing it. Yeah, we'll have to talk to the artist and see how horny he was when he drew it. I'm I'm not bringing this up for that reason. I'm just bringing it up because of something that's about to happen in the scene. Um, but anyways, so she told Peter, like, it was fine when she told her mom that she's a mutant. And Peter says he should just throw his costume in the trash. And Kitty says, you already tried that, remember? So she again, she's like stopping him from brooding, like, yeah, before he even really gets started. It's great. And she then suggests Peter take the fight to them. And suddenly Kitty says, will you get out of here? And I, I didn't like this. We see a boy standing in the doorway of her room as Kitty yells at him about getting out and not trying to sneak a peek at her. So just like one of the other teens that live at the Z- Xavier school, just like burst through her door, like trying to catch her changing or something. Pretty gross. This would be more reason to like wear sweats when you're at home, right? If people were just randomly bursting into my room also. <laughs> John, are you blaming the victim right now? Not at all. I'm just saying, you know, it she seems like this happens a lot. It shouldn't. It's messed up. Perhaps Charles Xavier, one of the other tens of adults that live at the school, <laughs> should do something about this. <laughs> Oh man, Charles Xavier. You don't know how funny that that is. The idea of him being like the purveyor of protecting teen girls. Like <laughs> very very early on in the Stan Lee run, he was like, "Man, I really have a crush on this 16-year-old Jean Grey, but she'll never love me cuz I'm in a wheelchair." <laughs> that was something that happened. Um so Peter is like not at all faced by someone like trying to uh, creep on his girlfriend. He's, he's just like back to what they were talking about. He's like, wait a minute. what do you mean when you said take the fight to them? And Kitty's like, oh yeah, whoever's looking for you, just go find them first. And he's like, huh, okay. And I did like this. This was kind of fun. Kitty like gets up and phases her fist through her door because whoever was like trying to catch her naked is also standing out there eavesdropping on her call. And she just punches through the door and socks him in the face. Yeah, it's a good one. So do do you know who that who that guy is just from? Is that like a, a named mutant or is that just? I don't know because I don't egg. follow Ultimate X-Men. I don't know who's living in the house at this point. Okay. It's also Bagley drawing them. It could have been a named character or it could have just been a random generic mutant what's the uh oh man i I was trying to think of a mutant nickname for peeping tom (laughs) we can move past it don't dwell on it (laughs) i'm sure there's a good one out there yeah so so kitty told told him you know take the fight to them go find the people who are looking for you and peter repeats back again take the fight to them and so then we cut to the Thompson house where Flash's dad. It feels like maybe Peter does just need a therapist, not a girlfriend. Because, That's true. Because you're right. He is, 
he does just like talk through his problems and they're like no that's that's not a good idea you shouldn't do that that is a good idea you should do that and then whatever they say it's like he has an epiphany he's like yeah i should take the fight to them Hmm." yeah the most simple answer that he never would have come up with on his own that is a good point because it's like he's not really offering kitty anything in this conversation like He's not even upset that someone just barged into her room, like what she's dealing with. He's like, wait a minute, go back to my thing. Yeah, she's she's like doing other stuff during this conversation. Yeah, he and he's he's just having her put in all the work in this relationship into like figuring his stuff out. Whatever. He's not he's not good with girls. We've we've established that. Um So she, we're at the She also has some Spider Man posters in her room. Oh Very yeah, cute. I thought that was cute. Peter doesn't have any Kitty Pride posters in his room, so I don't know. Yeah, so uh, you know what? Relation- should- relationships are very two sided, Zach. You know this. You know, there's yeah. a give and take. Okay, Peter's all take right now, dude. If I was Spider Man and I started dating Kitty Pride, I would like my new superhero identity would be like Kitty Pride's Kitty boyfriend. boyfriend. <laughs> that would be the new number one priority. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's just me. And uh, so I we, would be more. I would. I would be more interested in what's going on with Mister Roxon. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Zach. I'd be. I'd be more interested in in Roxon than getting my rocks off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mr. Miyagi. Okay. <laughs> See what you did. You made it dirty and I turned it into a a family friendly joke. Oh, okay. I get it. Good one. Yeah, it really wasn't. <laughs> Anyways, Thompson House, Flash, uh, his dad is like haggling with I think an agent to try and sell the rights to Flash's story. And he's like, a hundred K isn't even enough. What about, I want millions. And he's like, well, there's not people really having a bidding war for this. You just have the one offer. And Flash's dad is like, that's no fair. A hundred K doesn't do anything. Half of it goes to taxes and then 10% will go to you. And Flash says, well, dad, 40 K is more than you make in a year. And he's like, Hey, you knock it off go into your room the adults are talking so this is like maybe the first like sign that maybe flash just isn't a bully for no reason like he just doesn't have a great home life because his dad seems pretty uh maybe neglectful and like he's trying to profit off of his son getting kidnapped yeah Mm -hmm. um still a lot of money for getting kidnapped yeah like i would take 40k for free Mm -hmm. you wouldn't find me complaining um, so Flash goes into his room and sees Spider-Man on the ceiling waiting for him. And Peter Webb's Flash's mouth shut before he can scream and says, Sorry they kidnapped you and all that, but I need you to tell me everything about these guys. Where did they take you? What did they want from me? And we don't even get the conversation because apparently it's boring. And we cut straight to Peter standing on the roof outside of the warehouse that Flash escaped from when his spidey senses go off. And John, my first thought was, wouldn't Flash have told the police about this warehouse? Wouldn't it already be compromised and the yeah, probably. people moved on? Probably. Yeah. And, yeah. They they also, 
Spider-Man's like, okay, you're going to tell me all this when the webbing dissolves. And then like Zach said, it just like skips and he's on the roof. How long was he sitting in his room? You know, (laughs) I know in like the movies, it's supposed to dissolve in like two hours, but that would be a long time to wait. Yeah. How hard would it be to just cover his mouth when he walks in? You know, (laughs) people who don't have webbing do that. Maybe he wrote it down for him. Peter got tired of waiting. Yeah. Or they like ripped it off or cut it free or something. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, so Peter's on this roof and his spidey sense goes off and he turns around and catches a taser hook coming his way. And the guy who fired it says, damn, so close. And Peter says, not really as he breaks the taser and jumps around And now all of these guys are just coming out of the woodwork and he dispatches another guy with what looks like a ray gun. And he says, wow, you guys have all kinds of toys, huh? And for like a whole page, he fights a girl with brass knuckles and says, you can't win this. I have spider powers, which felt very, I have the high ground to me. What uh, what do you mean? Sorry. I was, it's over Anakin. I have the high ground. (laughs) Don't try it. One thing I really liked about this fight was that, um, like, this is this is what he should do to just real people who try to fight him. Just wipe the floor with them, like, quickly, you know? Yeah. He's he's joking around and swinging around, and, and they're like, oh, man, we almost got him. And he's like, no, you weren't even close. Like, yeah. Yeah. It feels good to see him in high spirits easily winning a fight, because it feels like for a long time we were saying he was just always outmatched or like depressed and we were like this isn't fun anymore this fight right now (laughs) is like a fun spider-man fight and uh he webs the brass knuckles girl up and tells another goon i might have to bail you guys are actually beneath me this is even low for me and i fought craven the hunter which that was that was funny yep and he's finally got all the goons webbed up and says, what do you have to say for yourselves? And Silver Sable appears behind him and says, just following orders. Someone has paid us to bring you to them. That's all. Nothing personal, and we're not trying to hurt you. And Peter says, oh, well, why didn't you just say so? And then webs Sable up. And John, I don't know if you noticed this. He says a similar monologue to something we've seen before in this run. Do you remember way, 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 way long ago, I think during like the first Dr. Octopus arc, when he was talking to Justin Hammer and he was like, oh man, you suck. You suck worse than anyone who sucks. You suck so bad that the suckiest people look at you and say, wow, that guy sucks. He basically says that exact same thing. Um... And I don't even know if Bendis remembered writing that at this point, or if that's just like, he just had the same idea twice. Yeah. And uh, he tries to use Sable's own phone to call the police on them. And he's like bragging about it. He's like, I'm going to call the police on you with your own phone because you're that dumb. And as soon as he presses the call button, it shocks him and knocks him out. And Sable says, cut us out of here. I want to wrap this up tonight. And her goon says, I, uh, I left my knife in the van. And she scowls at him, and the issue ends. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, 
this phone call thing at the end was pretty like silly. I thought that this was the silver sable like goon plan was we need to get him to call someone on our phone and that will electrocute Spider-Man and knock him out. No, I just think that was um I think that was like a plan B. Like I think they were really hoping they took him down by fighting him cuz obviously they didn't just want to get their asses kicked, but I think they were prepared in case he he touches the phone, let's have it shock yeah. him. I bet well, he, there were other things too that would have shocked him or like he would have picked up one of the guns and like a comically large net would spring out of it or something. Yeah. I bet they had here's, other traps. Here's where I thought this was going that I think would have been way more interesting. When he goes to press the button on the phone, he's like, I'm going to call the cops. And he goes to like hit dial and his spidey sense goes off. I thought it was going to go to a call to Captain Gian DeWolf. So it's like his spider sense is like telling him that there's something wrong, but he doesn't really know that yet, you know? And I thought that was going to, that, that, that's what was going to happen. It was going to be way more interesting, but, but no, he got electrocuted because he made a phone call on their phone. Yep. Yeah. Um, what did you think? Uh, I just thought it was fine. I mean, I, I think I had more fun going through it with you, but when I first read it, I was like, eh, this, this is a pretty standard issue. I gave it seven out yeah. of 10 reused monologues. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I, I, I thought it was fine also, which is not high praise, you know? Um, so I gave it 65,000 out of a hundred thousand dollars for flash. Oh yeah. But then half of that's going to go to taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really not good. (laughs) I definitely think I have to like knock off some points, you know, for, and I, I factored this in, but, um, for how aunt May was treated because she just comes across as so dumb for not having figured out that he's Spider-Man or for being so like silly about it, you know? Yes. She still is like a person who knows what's going on. Everybody should know that Spider-Man is generally a helpful dude at this point, you know? And she even says that also, she's like, one day he's helping people. And the next day he's hurting people. When is he hurting people? What are you even talking about? Yeah. I mean, there's been fake stories like when the guy uh, impersonated him or stuff like that. But I think most people figure out. Nobody should still think that that was the real Spider-Man in like where like Atlantic City or wherever that was. She almost feels like um, like a relative. And we all we all know these people who she like feels like a Fox News person. Exactly. That's where I was going. It feels like your relative that watches way too much Fox News or Alex Jones <laughs> and shows up at like Thanksgiving and says something that's flat out wrong. Like, yeah, they're, the they're thing bringing is, in Mason boxes smarter than that. You know? Yes. Yeah. It seems like they're like the people who are like they're putting litter boxes in the schools for kids who identify as cats. It's like, no, that is not true. That's not real. <laughs> the place you heard that from is lying to you. Dude, and I you have would... had to say that to other teachers and be like, I heard a Heritage Christian or at Carmel, they're they're 
doing litter boxes. And I'm like, no, it's not true. It's just not. And they're like, oh, I heard it. And I'm like, no, it's not. I promise it's not true. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening for kids that identify as cats. It just isn't. That's it's not a real thing. That that was a fake story made up in bad faith that then circulated because the internet circulates stuff. But you don't want to see Aunt May be one of those people. You want to see her be like smarter and more in control of her own, you know, life. It feels yeah. like like she's a helpless lost person and you kind of want her to have some agency. Yeah. Yeah, this whole this whole storyline is just not it's not doing anything for me at all. It feels like such filler. Yeah. The best parts of it definitely are uh the Kitty Pride Spider-Man parts. No surprise, Kitty Pride. Definitely. And this was even like the worst showing for her that we've gotten. Yeah. I, they, she was only in it for just a little bit, you know, she didn't really do anything. If we're going to get them dating, let's like get some issues of them like doing stuff yeah she's there like two pages and she gets sexually harassed for no reason <laughs> in one of them but she cold clocks him in another that is cool yeah i like that yeah okay issue 89 that was a tough one six six and a half and a seven that's probably the lowest we've given one in a while yeah they can't all be winners yep um this is silver sable part four the uh Dude, that cover team we've had this cover, I'm sure, sold sold a lot of issues and got taken into a lot of bathrooms. <laughs> um, Silver Sable's just like hunched over Spider Man in a in a totally outrageous way in a totally outrageous outfit. <laughs> yeah, her shirt is about three sizes too tight. Um, yep. Yeah, so it looks like we are getting a Silver Sable character origin story here and i wrote here i just don't care she hasn't done anything to be important <laughs> who is she even working for again <laughs> because i didn't remember until uh until we we see it in this issue but but i said i was just going to read the whole silver sable story and the art style kind of changes a little bit zach tell me how off you think i am here but i said it's somewhere in the middle of our our normal style and a Bilson Kevich style. I think it feels like a storybook, like a picture book for kids. Okay. And I think it's kind of meant to because yeah, the first line is once upon a time and the yeah. O is in like I don't know, fairy tale font. Yep. Yep, definitely. And just the way it's written, you know, and where the words are, it's not like a comic book, it's a kids book. Yeah. I'm impressed that it actually was penciled by Mark Bagley because it shows a lot of yeah a lot more versatility different. from yeah. him than we knew he had. Yeah, because you could have told me this was not him, and I would have believed you completely. Definitely. Yeah, good good call. So we start once upon a time. There was a little girl named Silver. She was a very angry girl. Some say it's because her father was never home to give a little girl the love she needed. Some say it's because her mommy drank a lot and was mean to Silver for no reason. Either way, Silver had a lot of anger, and she took it out on just about anyone she could get her hands on. And we see Silver Sable beating up some kid at school. And kid in the background has a nice uh, Superman shirt on. 
Another one has a Mike Vick jersey on. Oh. Did we already miss? Yeah, we did. I had an Easter egg in the last issue. What was that? Mark Rax when Mark Raxton shows up somewhere in the school, someone is reading a Watchmen comic book. Or the people are getting their bag searched. That's what it is. And one of the cops is pulling out a Watchmen comic book. Oh, that's so, cool. Look at that. We got Superman here and we got Watchmen. A couple DC things. Uh, Michael Vick. Yeah, nice. When Silver was older, a big bald man came to her house and told her that her father was sick and on his deathbed and his dying wish was to see his only daughter. Silver went to see her sick father even though she was still really, really angry at him for never coming home. But when Silver saw her father lying there at death's door, she was instantly overwhelmed by a need to help her father, to save her father. But it was too late. Um, And then, I'm not going to read this whole page, there's too much. But she's kind of huddled over her dad's deathbed. It's actually kind of sad. And we find out that her dad was a Nazi hunter. And he kind of spent his life tracking down war criminals that had escaped Nazi Germany. And he, he he would have loved to have been at home with Sable, but he had to, you know, find all of these Nazi war criminals. Badass. This yeah. is the guy we should have got a story about. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Gray Sable. Yeah. So her father passes away and Silver turns to her father's friends and says, teach me everything my daddy taught you. Teach me how to find men who don't want to be found. Teach me how to be my father's daughter. And they end up teaching her. And it's such a, it is such a dichotomy that she just learned that her dad was this like renowned Nazi hunter. And she's like, teach me how to find these people who don't want to be found like my dad. And the story we are watching her do is finding Spider-Man track down a villain. Like this, it's, it just isn't. There's, I I almost I, hate you understand to make what this, I'm saying. Yes, I do. I almost hate to make this comparison because you know I don't I don't like making like Holocaust comparisons lightly. But I feel like Bendis might be doing this on purpose. You know, Peter is Jewish. He writes Peter as Jewish. She was inspired by a Nazi hunter, but now she's almost acting more like the Gestapo because she's using those exact same skills. But like for evil, and she's tracking yeah. down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Literal Jewish superhero. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I. <clears throat> yeah. She had. A, they gave her a good little origin there, but it's like she hasn't really. Um. She's like applied the teaching, but not the principles of her dad. You know. Well said. She missed the point, but she has yeah. the skills. Yeah. So. <clears throat> We we show back up in present day, and and Silver Sable is with her goons, and she's at the Roxon building with with Peter Parker, Spider Man, and she gives Spidey over to Mister Roxon, and he says he's smaller than I thought he'd be, and they unmask Peter, and Roxon is like, oh my gosh, she's I got a son who's only a year older, and they decide to wake up Peter who's who's been out cold since the electrocution. And Mr. Roxon is like, hey, I'm sorry for kidnapping you. I I really just needed to talk. You know, why do you keep saving my company? People are trying to destroy it. And we finally get the, the, 
the thing that I've been waiting for, which is Peter and this guy getting to talk and Peter being like, dude, I have no idea who you are or what you're even talking about. Like, I don't know why this is a story. This seems awfully silly. Um, but he's like, let me out of here. You know, I, I, I've, I don't know what you want to do with me. And Roxon shows Peter a couple of videos of him fighting Shocker and Omega Red. And he's like, look, you keep saving my company. And Peter's like, dude, I was just swinging by and tried to help out and do the right thing, which is the opposite of kidnapping and electrocuting someone just because you want to talk to them, by the way. And Peter tells Roxon again that he has no idea who he is. But if this is how he treats people, it's no wonder costume people keep trying to attack him. And... Peter, who is still tied up, is starting to get fed up with everybody. And he's like, somebody put my mask back on. And it's pretty funny. I feel for Peter. You know, he's he's very, he's, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? He's being very exasperated, I think. And Roxon and Sable are talking across Peter and Sable is like, well, we can run his prints and see if he's lying. Lying about what? It's like they just can't imagine that he doesn't have some extra <laughs> knowledge or ulterior motive. Yeah. Or he's working for like, yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. I was about to say, why did they go after him again? And it's because he's helping their company. If he was working for anyone, he'd be working for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, I, I think you're, you've kind of hit on an important point where it's like, this story feels stupid because it's so disconnected from anything else. It's events happening to Peter. It's these people just by him being Spider-Man, just doing good saying, we're going to seek him out. Whereas other stories, it's like. He sees Doc Ock doing something bad. He sees Norman Osborn doing something bad, and he has a connection to him. He tries to finish his father's work and accidentally creates Venom. It's like by some relation to Peter or some action he causes, it kind of sets the conflict in motion. Yeah. This just randomly found him. This just sought him yeah. out because he was doing his thing. And it's like that's just less satisfying as a premise. And, and usually – you know, when people are looking for him, they're looking for him like because he is like working against them or because they want to use him or something. But in this case, it's just like isn't. It's the same as like any shop owner who Spider-Man stops a robbery for being like, I've got to talk to Spider-Man and see why he helped me. Dude, that's, he helps everybody. He's, he's on the news like every day helping a different person, you know? Yeah. It's very silly. So, they just don't get it. Yeah. But, but there, is, there is one part of this issue later that I think sort of helps the stupidity in it. So when we get there, we can talk about it. Um, so... Roxon and Sable are kind of talking across Peter and say, yeah, Sable says that they're going to run his prints and see if there's he's lying. And Peter just kind of like interjects in the middle of their conversation. He's like, I hate you all. And he's, he's just kind of like talking like this while they're talking around him, which is good fun. And then Roxon says to do it, run his prints. So they hold Peter down to scan his fingerprints on something. What are they going to find? 
He's never been arrested. I don't know. This is this is the thing. I know. I'm like, why are you even doing this? What is you you know who he is probably. You don't need to run his prints to find out who he is. Get a school directory. Weren't you like staking out the school? You know? That's true. Yeah. That's more likely than this sixteen year old kid having a record. Yeah. Um so they they specifically mentioned that they are going to do a fingerprint search on something that searches the entire global server. And right as they start it, we cut to the Triskelion where someone is standing guard. And I actually thought that was a pretty awesome cut. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah, of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to know the second his prints get ran. Like, that does seem like something that they would they would know would happen. Um, so one of the shield underlings tells Fury that someone is trying to put a match on Peter Parker's fingerprints and Fury tells them to triangulate the, the location, but don't engage. We then cut back to Roxon where the goons say, um, Sable, we're being triangulated and this has to be pretty embarrassing for them, Zach, getting caught by shield. <laughs> you know, I know you thought that too. Yeah, that's pretty Bush league. Yeah. But but that makes it that much funnier that at the beginning you were like she is just Nick Fury but but on a different level. This is this is truly the only villain that Nick Fury and Shield could catch. I think. Um, I feel like the Shocker, the Enforcers, yeah. and Craven are all on that level. Yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. Anyone that's a joke, Nick Fury could easily sweep. Yep. Because he has to do just enough good to keep his job and, like, his reputation somehow. We, like, cut to Nick Fury here. And the first thing you, like, hear him say, of course, he's, like, standing there just on TV. Doesn't look like he's doing anything. And he's just like, I'm busy. What do you guys want? And I'm just certain he was watching TV before they <laughs> called. <laughs> yeah, doing the uh, least important. He's, like, in a hot tub yeah. with some ladies or something. Yeah. <laughs> I got to put a shirt on quickly. <laughs> get, get the phone. Um, okay, so Roxxon and Sable start to panic because they're like, oh, my God, this dude must be protected by S.H.I.E.L.D. We have got to get out of here. They're going to be here in five minutes. And then we go back to the flashback art style and we get to learn about Roxxon's backstory. And... It says, once upon a time, there was a little boy named Donald. Donald was a very rich boy. His father was rich. His grandfather was very rich. And his great-grandfather was even richer than that. And we get a great picture of him just sitting at a table, eating porridge by himself in a suit. It's very sad. It's like the saddest childhood I can picture. You can tell this kid is alone, Zach. Daddy didn't always need money, or I'm sorry, Donald didn't always need money. He always had it, and he always would. So Donald didn't have to try hard at anything in life. Life was great for him whether he tried or not. So Donald didn't work too hard in school. He didn't work too hard at anything. He just tried to have a good time. But when Donald's father died, he left the entire multi-conglomerate pharmaceutical empire to him, which surprised Donald a bit because he was pretty sure his father hated him. It also meant that Donald had to grow up very fast. And we get these pictures of Donald, you know, partying with ladies and standing at his dad's humongous gravestone. And now he's sitting alone in a boardroom 
in a suit very similar to when he was a kid eating his porridge alone at the table. And it says, Donald realized he maybe should have studied more in school because not only was it very hard to keep track of all the different things the companies were involved in, but Donald also found out that he was surrounded by enemies. Everywhere he looked, men, cruel men like Norman Osborne and Justin Hammer were making his life a living hell. His own board of directors was against him. And because of this, Donald had to make a lot of tough decisions just to keep his head above water. Donald often wished he could just go play on his boat. He really liked his boat. I feel bad for this dude. Should have quit. Rich people problems. Dude, just take the money and give the, you know, sell the company off. (laughs) Or, you know, he could just, like, hire someone who actually is competent. Definitely. Keep partying. This guy had a much better life before. But here's where it makes sense. That in his stupid rich person billionaire party animal brain where he's like, Spider-Man keeps helping my company. I should probably try to find this guy. It's just, you know, I should have just left well enough alone. Yeah. he's He's got so many people who are like have ulterior motives and are against him. Like even on his own board of directors, he's like, this just must be how everyone operates. Yeah. So Donald is panicking. He's like, what are we going to do? And Sable is like, well, me and my goons are leaving the country. You paid for us to find Spider-Man. We found him. She's so bad at her job. This was like two two issues ago. That she was like, I will make this up to you, Roxanne. When I get paid to do a job well, I make sure I do it well. And now she is really like skating by on, you know, she's messed up much worse than she's helped at this point. She told him she would do it for free to (laughs) to make things right. And then she brought shield to his doorstep. (laughs) She did. And not, and not only that, but he's like, but she's like, you are paying me for finding Spider-Man. And you're right, Zach. She did just say a couple issues ago, she would do this for free. She's like, did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So while Sable and Roxanne are arguing about who's getting paid, what's happening with Spider-Man, what's happening with S.H.I.E.L.D., Peter breaks out of his handcuffs and escapes through the the roof. And one of the goons says, you've got to give it to the kid. That's pretty damn impressive. When he is interrupted by a huge explosion going off in the background. And... You know, I think for a second we're supposed to be like, okay, that that could be S.H.I.E.L.D., but it shouldn't be S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. said they are not going to move in. They said triangulate the, the location, but don't engage. So part of you is like, okay, what 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 is that explosion? And everyone's kind of panicking. Silver Sable manages to save one of her goons from falling off the ceiling, but it's too late for Roxanne. He's unfortunately tumbling towards his death down from the roof. And then on the next couple pages, we get Peter's backstory. And it says, once upon a time, there was a little boy named Peter Parker. Peter had an uncle Ben who taught him a very valuable lesson. It's a good lesson. And one he tries to use every day. And, and while we are, while we are seeing this, we are seeing Peter swing down and save rocks on. 
And he says, and that's why, while most people would just run away from troublesome situations like this and let alone awful people who kidnapped him and let these awful people who kidnapped him deal with whatever it is all by themselves, Peter stays and fights the good fight. I'm glad that Peter saved Roxon. I was hoping he would. You know, I yeah. I feel I feel bad for Roxon. He seems like he's kind of a um you know, he's like a God's perfect idiot type of Harry Osborne character, you know. Yeah. Yeah, very much like Harry actually. He's like a yeah. like a spoiled child who's just in over his head. De- definitely. Yeah. Um so Peter swings down to Silver Sable and her goons and they're ready to shoot Spider-Man because they say he killed their partner. So they think that Peter set off these explosions because they kind of went off right as he jumped up onto the roof. But Sable says it wasn't him and it wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D. And just then Peter's spidey sense goes off as a bomb is coming in behind them. The group survives the bomb blast but is all knocked back while Spidey webs another bomb and throws it away. And he turns around to see a new villain, a weird, bald vulture man flying above him. And Peter says, I know I've only been a superhero for a relatively short amount of time, but you're a bad guy, right? What you think? And there's where our issue ends with our introduction to the vulture. Yes. I, I want to take issue with him saying he's only been a, superhero me for too. a little bit me it's too. like it's, it, it, me peter too. we're closing in on issue 100 but he is still 15 technically all of this has happened like i don't know maybe the same semester of school no i i thought the same thing i think they could have given him a, a better line there also because he has seen a lot of heroes and villains now you know um so i i, I thought the same thing i was like oh, don't sell yourself short you know it would get really absurd later like towards the very end of this whole run people will be talking down to him like hey you're just a kid you haven't been doing this that long and it's like what are you talking about we've been here the whole time (laughs) um well i said i wrote down i said i'm kind of torn on this one as you know by now and i've said before i don't really care about the silver sable stuff at all and Roxon is not that interesting of a villain, if he is even a villain, because I, I feel like he's not even a villain at this point. He's just like some guy who's in the way. And um, and now Vulture is just here out of nowhere with no seeds planted or anything, you know? Um, so, it's a I don't know. It's a bit from something that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm going to give this one six generations of wealth out of 10 generations of wealth, but, but feel free to change the grading scale if you want to. Okay. Um, And and the three different backstories. I just don't, I just am not sure about that whole. um, It was a choice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm realizing the the downside to Peter dating Kitty Pride is now I just want as much Kitty Pride in every issue. And as Kitty Pride wasn't in this one at all. Yeah, no, she, I'm I'm glad you said something. She, I mean, she didn't really fit in here, but like, there's still a part of me that's like, well, that's the more interesting thing that's going on in his 100%. life. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. 
I feel like six is harsh. I feel like we give six to issues that like actively offend us. I'm gonna I give feel this a like six we haven't. I feel like I don't think I had given a six to any issue in the ultimate run so far, like the the one through one sixty. So I definitely feel confident saying that that I think this is my least favorite storyline of the one through one sixty. Wow. Wow, strong well, it's not, words. Well, it's not like it's terrible, but it's just, you know, it's hey, not, you... it doesn't have anything. There's no villain to, you know, pick it up. There's no Spider-Man Kitty Pride stuff to like, you know, help it out on just a fun level. Yeah. It's kind of like too many heroes, but without it being funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that. You want to know the good thing about this story arc, though? Lots of pictures of Silver Sable in scantily clad outfits. Well, that helps, but I was going to say it's almost <laughs> over. Oh, is do Yeah, well, I've, <laughs> that's the thing. We're now in like Silver Sable Part 6, which I'm guessing should might as well just be called like Vulture Part 1 or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10 generations of wealth. Uh, and then... I don't know. Do we want to next week? We were talking about Doctor Who. We've got one more issue of this storyline, and then we get into a storyline that's an even number of issues. So I don't really want to just do like three and it not makes sense. Oh my gosh. You want to do a mix and match episode. You want to finish this off and do Doctor Who next week? Is that a crazy idea? I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right, so you heard it here, folks. We just figured it out live on air. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing issue 90, and we're going to talk about John's favorite television program, Dr. What? Who? Where? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Y? Dr. Y. Walkie is Gamora. Yep. So I'll have to do a rewatch. On these, yes. uh, on these, what are we going to do? The, just the three that David Tennant was in. Are we going to do the Christmas special also with the new Doctor? I didn't watch the Christmas special with the new Doctor. Um, we can we can talk about the David Tennant return and then broadly about like what you like about the show, what people should check out if they haven't seen it. I, I'll be able to talk a little bit about what I've seen of the Matt Smith series. You're not going to watch this Christmas special with the new Doctor. Okay, maybe I'll watch the Christmas special with the new Doctor. It's on Disney Plus, so it's it, not that hard to get. Okay, I was just about to say something. I was like, you know what my hang up with the new Doctor was? And then I was like, what am I doing? We'll we'll talk about it next week. You don't even know. You haven't even seen him. Well, he was okay. in the end of the last, that one issue. It was weird to me that he regenerated fully dressed except with no pants. And no one commented on it. <laughs> That was just weird to me. I think it's because, okay, I think I, I'd have to go back and watch it again. But the way I understood that was he was wearing half of the clothes and David Tennant was wearing half of the clothes. Oh, um, so David Tennant was so David Tennant was going commando. Exactly. Is how is how I thought maybe it was. That's interesting. Uh, but I don't know that at all. I'd really have to go back and, and watch that, which I'll do. And yeah. I'll make notes. That'll be fun. Yep. 
So uh, are we done with the with the issues today? Do we have anything else Spider Man related? We're done with the Spider Man issues today. Yep. Oh man, we're finishing off Sa- Silver Sable next week. I have a confession, John. Okay, are I was, we into something else? We're into are, something else. Okay, I was so excited to go to Midtown Comics in New York, the most famous comic store in the world, probably. It was like four blocks away from my hotel. I was like, this is great. I'm going to go there. high school called Midtown High? Yes. And we've talked about this. It doesn't make sense that it would be in Midtown. It would be called Midtown High and be in Queens. So is there a chance that Midtown Comics influenced the, the name Midtown High when they wrote the comic? Definitely not. I don't think it existed when Stan Lee was writing. Okay. So is there a chance the Midtown High that Peter Parker went to inspired the name Midtown Comics. I also think that's a coincidence because Midtown Comics is actually in Midtown. Okay. But <laughs> I for two. <laughs> yeah. Good thoughts. I just think Midtown is just like the center of New York, you know? Okay. Um, so I went there and I was so excited to get jonathan hickman's ultimate spider-man issue one and i was going to get so many variants of it because midtown comics gets exclusive variant covers and i was expecting to walk in and just see the shelves lined with this brand new comic run that everyone's excited about and i was just seeing a surprising lack of ultimate spider-man and i asked someone about it i'm like hey is what's the deal is there like a display case i'm not seeing or something and he laughed in my face he was like buddy that's been sold out since the week it came out. They're working oh, okay. on reprints right now. You can't get that anywhere. We have two copies left, and one for is... us, and therefore the the number one Spider Man podcast host on the internet. And you picked them up. Oh man, one of them was a hundred bucks, and the other one was like five hundred bucks. Oh wow! No. And they were because they were variant <laughs> covers that are probably about to get reprinted and lose their value, anyways. Would they lose their value or would they gain value because they were like the first run? I I think they'd retain some value, but I don't think if you bought it for five hundred today, I don't think in it's a month up. it's worth five hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I was so disappointed in myself. I should have just bought them when I was here in Indiana. No, now you, okay, we okay, have to okay. wait. I'm, I'm I'm glad you. I thought you were about to say I should have just bought him, and no, you shouldn't have. Maybe you should have bought the hundred dollar one. That kind of that could have been a cool little souvenir. Um, I thought about that, but, but I would but, not have forgiven myself if I spent that much money on it. And then it's like I pack it away in my suitcase, and I open my suitcase when I get something. home, and it's all wrinkled. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's okay. That's that's still that's still very cool. Yeah. Um, so, listeners, you guys are more up to date on that series than we are. We still don't even have our hands on it. Yeah. So I dropped the ball on that, but no, it's fine. It's whatever. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat also, it. I was like a block away from the Marvel headquarters. That was kind of cool. I kept one. I kept thinking about like just barging in and like demanding <laughs> a meeting. I'm sure that would have worked. Yeah. I'm sure. They give that to everyone. Yeah, probably. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm the guy who just put a bunch of stickers advertising my podcast in your bathroom. <laughs> um, night. Well, do you, okay. Do you have anything else? I don't. Uh, do okay. you got anything? 
just something small, you know, because it is the the num- baby Billy's being really annoying the last couple of minutes. He I don't is, know if you've seen me pick him up and put him on the ground like six different times, but he's um he's nuzzling up on the microphone. Yep. Um so we are the number one sports podcast for comic book fans. And yes. pretty big week in sports weekend in sports here. We've got the the conference championship games. Yep. Who who are we betting on this week, Zach? Well, I don't tell bet. me and the listeners where to throw our money. I am hoping for a Ravens Lions Super Bowl because I think that would be more fun than seeing teams that are like in the hunt every yeah. year. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, who do you think is gonna? What do you think is gonna happen? <laughs> oh, I think we're gonna get Chiefs Forty ers probably. Oh, you think the Chiefs are gonna win? It's so hard to bet against them, man. Especially when they're they're getting three and a half points. I mean, it's, it's the yeah. the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had. Like, and also, if you believe the league puts their thumb on the scale at all in any way. You just know they want that shot of Taylor Swift watching her boyfriend <laughs> at the Super Bowl. Oh man, you're right about that. That is true. Um, oh gosh, that's gonna get so many more viewers than they would that's gonna get all the Swifties to tune in. Yeah. Ooh, Zach, this is uh that is a whole new level that I'd never even thought of. I don't want to think that that's the way things work, but No, I I don't either. But it's I also some, know how the world works. It's in the league's mind. They're like, hold on. Exactly. It's been talked about. You can be certain. It was a phenomenon this year. Like, I didn't think the NFL could get any bigger. And then somehow they brought in the Swifties. Mm-hmm. Well, if anybody wants to tail the bet that I will probably make, um, I think I'm, I like doing teasers, Zach. So that means I like buy like six or seven points. In two games and parlay them together, you know. So I think I'm going to go with a 49ers money line parlayed with a Chiefs plus 11 and a half. Because you can, you know, I I can't imagine they'll get blown out by, like, I have to imagine Mahomes will at the very least keep it close. And I unfortunately think, uh, what's the phrase, like, the, the Lions are going to turn back into a pumpkin. Their Cinderella season's over here. Oh, they're, just yeah. not, they're just not quite there yet. They could be next year, but the 49ers are far and away the better team. And I think everyone's just really downplaying how good they are because they barely escaped last week. But I think they're going to come in and just have a pretty good game. That's part of what makes me want to see Detroit win so much. I would have fun watching Detroit in the Super Bowl. I would be rooting for them. I wouldn't put my money on them, but I'd be rooting for them. (laughs) I have a bootleg Detroit Lions shirt because a hardcore band from Detroit stole their logo and printed it on a blue shirt for themselves. That's awesome. (laughs) And you better believe I'll be wearing that this weekend while I'm watching the games. Um, Maybe I said this like last week, but... I have two buddies who made a bet like three years ago on the Lions winning a Super Bowl in the next 10 years. And it's like a bet for 100 or $200 that just gets paid out either when the Lions win the Super Bowl or 
10 years, you know, after they haven't won the Super Bowl. And my one buddy's getting pretty nervous here, you know. <laughs> this is this is closer than it was supposed to be, I think. Yeah. I love that. Wishing wishing all the luck to your buddy who bet on the Lions and the Lions themselves. Nope, we're going to wish luck to me who's going to bet on the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> so, next week you're not going to come in in as cheery of a disposition as you came in today. Oh, I well, will. Yeah, okay. So, what was that other thing? What what made you so happy when you came in? Oh today. my gosh. Well, I was already just, just listening to Fetty Wap and doing his little dance. Yep. And I was like, man, his team must have won by 100. Nope, we got crushed. Well, this, the basketball season's over. So that frees up a ton of my time. <laughs> <laughs> so although it is sad to lose, it is happy to, to not be done. But what was really put me in a good mood right before we hopped on, Zach, I thought I had four Marion homework assignments I had to do over these next two days. And I got one of them done. And like the hour and a half between coming home from the game and when we hopped on. And when I finished that one and hit complete, I noticed that it was actually taking up two of the assignment spots. So my four assignments I had to do were actually three assignments I had to do. And I already finished one. So... Oh, man, it gave me a sweet little shot of dopamine when I was like, oh, my God, I did two assignments just now, not one. That's awesome. That's so, great. Yeah, I know. Very boring stuff. It's <laughs> that's that's what happened to me. It was nothing too big. Wow. The life of an academic. Yep. I will never know that joy again. Yes. <laughs> well, good. Mm hmm. Yep. OK. Do we have anything else? Nope. Let me, so let me baby check. Billy was annoying you, and now Jubilee is annoying me. I oh swear cats gosh. know when we're These podcasting. Cats. There's just oh my gosh. I wouldn't trade them for anything though. Yeah, I love them. Uh what are you doing rest of the day? Those Marian, other Marion homework. Yeah. I'm gonna Fine. try to get them I'm gonna try to get them done today so I just don't have to worry about them th like throughout the games tomorrow because I know me. I'll put them off until the very last minute. Yeah. Yep. yep. I have to go to the gym and fold laundry. So Dude. It's always go. great when like I'll potting the gym is today with you. Yeah. Not not like with you, but I will do it in spirit. Like I will hit the gym at my place and you can hit the gym at your place. I'm not gonna drive to Franklin to go to the gym with you. Right, that's silly. Well, okay, yeah, we're gonna hit the gym today. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Not looking forward to I mean, I don't like the gym, but I know I need to do it, you know? So it's always fun on days where it's like, yes, it's Saturday. I get to pod. But then I like tell other people, oh, man, I can't. I got a pod. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's great pretending that, like a fun hobby is like a responsibility that you're burdened with Dude, to get out of other it, things. OK, I mean, when you say that you're burdened with. Yeah, but it is a responsibility. Like, yes. I did the same can, thing after after the game. My mom was like, "Oh, you want to come over?" And I was like, "No, got to got to do this, got to do that." You yeah, know? it's my cross to bear. I need yeah. to go <laughs> talk to my buddy about Spider Man for an hour and a half. That's funny. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I was gonna say one more thing. Do it. Uh, We've got time. I don't remember six minutes. what it was. Oh no. Uh. Oh, well. I'm just gonna start throwing things out. Climate change. No, it must. It must not have been too important. It was Trump, not about Trump. climate change. Income taxes. It wasn't about Trump. Pacers um, trade. 
the no, weather these days. But they are looking good. The weather's shit. Gas. It's too cold. <laughs> um, we got some really nice reviews that either oh, just yeah. came in or that you just stumbled across. But yeah. either way, I think you should you should either, you know, read both of them really quickly or read parts of each of them really quickly or, you know, because cuz so, you know Zach, we were talking about it before we hopped on, but it is a responsibility and webheads, we are here every week and, you know, we appreciate all of you guys because the 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 listener counts are going up and you know, we're getting a lot of good reviews that are like trickling in and it Definitely makes me smile every time I read them. So I appreciate the heck out of them. Yes. And I have to do a big apology to some of these people because I didn't see these for a long time because, uh, you know how, um, Instagram will send you messages that you can either like accept or, or decline. I guess I didn't see those, you know, they were like mixed in with all the bots. Oh, yeah. So these had been sitting for a while. My apologies. We were not ignoring you. <laughs> it's, really, it's really funny. The reviews Zach's about to read are like 100% from bots. They're just like, hey, big boy, <laughs> you're looking really sexy in your picture. And it's like the podcast logo. And we're like, these new reviews are great. People are loving us. <laughs> yes, it is me, Mark Bagley. Yes, this is about podcast. Send one hundred dollar Walmart gift card to following PO box. <laughs> that was great when that happened. Like that was, that was five really episodes funny. in. We were like, "Wow, we're already getting noticed." Nope, nope, we're already getting scammed. <laughs> that was okay. So this one is from Oppenhomie. Now I am become deaf. Uh, they, we have we have heard from him before. I remember. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, and he says, Hey y'all, my birthday is January 31st. So I knew we something awesome between the three of us. Anyway, I just wanted to say you guys are keeping my sanity while I work on the weekends and I appreciate you so much, dude. We appreciate you. It's the weekend right Definitely. now. If you're and at work, happy early birthday, happy early four birthday. Days. I'm going to pour one out for you, you know, at work. Um, yep. I hope you're doing something fun. I hope that means you are off on the weekend on the weekdays because that'd be cool we were just talking about like a four day five day work week yeah Yeah. anyways thank you for for writing writing in in. definitely yes and then uh, another one from dbz perfection i think that's dragon ball z and they said this was on january 1st this is how badly i've slacked on my duties uh He's, they say a very happy new year to my favorite podcast and fellow Spider-Man enthusiasts, Zach and John. I haven't caught up to the latest episode yet. I'm quite far behind, but I'm enjoying every minute of it. So whenever you that eventually awesome. hear this, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that will be quite the, uh, he'll like have forgotten he or she will have forgotten that they wrote this comment come back like 20 issues 20 episodes later and hear us talk about it yeah um, that'll be fun if they're behind on the episodes and we were behind on posting this this will be a nice little treat for them yeah <laughs> thank you for writing in and anyone else who wants to write in definitely hit our lines yep. um i think john's about to give them to you yep yeah thank you so much to ian hickey for the music and Alyssa seaman for the artwork and thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. 
You can find us, the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere else that you can find podcasts. And you can come and chat with us or leave us a message on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week. See ya.